Hello. Let's talk about ways you can watch your kid learn how to just hang out. I looked that up in Google, <laughs> hanging out, to make sure I had a decent term. The act of really kind of doing nothing except just hanging, right? Not an adult telling him what to do, not a teacher telling him what to do, not a specific activity where they have a requirement, but just doing what they want for fun, for pleasure. Absolutely peer modeling. Absolutely neurotypical peer modeling. I've seen him get non-neurotypical peer modeling. <laughs> and, um, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so that's why we want neurotypical peer modeling, right? And even sometimes that isn't in the best interest of everybody because then we're dealing with neurotypical misbehaviors. But I have said for years that I'll be glad to deal with and parent with for, under, because of neurotypical misbehaviors. At least we're going in the right direction. Okay? So I'm not talking about parallel stemming. I'm not talking about not joint attention. I'm talking about when your kid wants to embrace this world that we live in and they're watching and they're they're trying their best to model to fit in to comply. Now, definitely with uh, developmental delay, we're not going to be behaving <laughs> in an appropriate way all the time. And it may absolutely be um, attention seeking, you know, as a younger, but you don't look younger. You just act younger, right? So, um, I look at age sometimes as not how many birthday candles you got, but as we all know, just how do they act? How, what kind of peers do they match up with as far as behaviors? So let's look at this group of kids here. They're, it's actually a robotics team, and John might be the oldest kid there as far as birthday candles are concerned. They were very open and, and fabulous to John. They invited him in, and so it was pretty close to meeting him where he is on a scientific level. So here they are, just posing for a picture. Um, he's, uh, he wants to be there. We want our kids to want this. Now, not always is it trouble-free. We often have a whole new world of drama to deal with. But it is in the right direction. Okay, so I'll always feel very strongly about this. Next slide. This is actually a... Uh, someone we had that helped us out. Uh, she's uh, uh, in, living in Japan right now. She was in college at this time. She's a sibling of someone with um, uh, 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 neurodiversity. She's awesome. She went into teaching. So this is actually one of our Medicaid providers, but they look like they're just hanging at the library. And he's, he's happy there. You know, he, he hasn't always been happy when he has gone out with other people. Uh, but he's getting into the groove here. So they're picking out books and reading. Now, not always does John love picking out books and reading. I think it just kind of solidifies in his mind that he's not where everybody else is. And the, for all I know, the words dance around on the page. For all I know, his dysgraphia, his dyslexia, you know, uh, not so much the writing, I guess. Uh, it, but it does have to do with uh, filling out worksheets, right? The dysgraphia gets you. 
But, uh, you know, I think he's had a, he's come a long way toward it, language processing. We've worked really hard on language processing, phonetic awareness, reading in general, spelling, um, understanding the context. So I think he doesn't hate it anymore. I think he's proud of himself that he can actually read sentences. He'll try to go really fast. And we, the next big thing to work on, of course, is reinterpreting it, telling the story in your own words. That's uh, <laughs> a gas right now. But um, anyway, so here's a post. This is back from, um, oh my gosh, almost four years ago. So the next one <laughs> is he's, he's got his hat on backwards. All right. Now, to, if, if you didn't know the background, you'd say big deal. Um, but this is a class. It's a, a gen ed band class. So he's with neurotypical peers here. I've kind of bleeped him out so they keep their privacy. It's the first time in my life I have ever seen John go find a baseball hat, put it on his head backwards. So either he is showing off for somebody in that, that group there. It might be a girl. It might be a boy. It might be a boy who's modeling. But for some reason, he decided he needed to be in that costume. And I have no idea why. But I, I was so glad to see it. <laughs> and not that he's ready for the gangland, right? Uh, I don't know the whole culture of baseball hats behind, you know, on backwards and stuff. But anyway, that's where he wanted to be. Now the next one is actually his brother. They're on vacation and they're just goofing around, hanging out. And you might say, well, it doesn't really count if you're hanging out with family. But in this case, it is on a public beach and they're in a high sensory environment. And there's a lot of joy and spontaneity and just how kids would wrestle with each other. It's really important. You know, I've always pushed John. I've forced him and I've written about this a lot. I've forced him to hug me. I have forced him to sit with me on the couch, to sit with me to watch movies. And now he'll flop on top of me. But we had to build those neural pathways so hard, the hard way. Here he is with uh, Saxton. They're um, enjoying playing, goofing, being silly. Um, I just don't know that he would have been able to sensory process it if we just hadn't been working so hard on that grabbing and tickling and changing up the random, I mean, changing routine. So John gets nothing routine in his life. It's always about changing things for him. Next slide is, uh, or the next picture, is John learning how to use this watch. He's got an Android smartwatch, and that's Spike, our dog. And so this summer, we've been working really consistently on him being time aware, him being in charge of his schedule, be it on his phone or his watch, setting alarms, going out, coming back on time, whatever is the next uh, class he's got. Or uh, remember, we're still in this time of self-quarantine during the school year, so it's everything's online learning. He's responsible for what he needs to do next. I try to remind him, nag him, bug him the least amount. And sometimes I just turn a blind eye. We're, we're not out in public. I really just ignore him. <laughs> if I can, or I will gently redirect him toward the list. But here he is out on a take a break time, taking the dog and being time aware and smart mouthing back to me about something. Okay, so here's a bunch of slides from three years ago. Uh, where we used to, you know, play with uh, pick up Friday afternoons, load up the car, go over to Chick-fil-A, hang out. Uh, I would, sometimes we would meet other families. I would go out of my way here to take pictures of the kid table. Uh, sometimes it would be a few group. This is a pretty big group here, a mini group. 
many. And then, of course, I would always put kids in our car as many as we could. And then we'd take pictures. We'd goof off. We'd be silly. We'd write notes. And almost everybody there is neurotypical. And John's just doing his best watching uh, their ordering. Uh, he's in charge of the credit card to buy for his friends. Um, whatever they do, he's trying to fit in. Now, he will sometimes be kind of off in his own little cloud. And he might be stemming. But for the most part, the kids have learned to just tell him to quit it. And I try to butt out. I try to stay out of the thing. I'm, I'm there and everybody knows I'm there and everybody, you know, I, I, want, I love them and they love me back. And so that's fabulous. I treat them all like kings and queens, but we're there because they teach John and he really responds and really wants that. The next one is fairly recent. Uh, we had some friends over to um, wash cars, well, to swim, to goof off. And uh, th these two boys are nearly the same age. First time in his life, John's ever washed a car, wanted to, volunteered to, and I know he would not have had not, not been for, for that friend. So I made sure there was lots of buckets of water. He's wearing an old oven mitt that sudsed up, and they're working on my car and then his, uh, the mom's friend's car. That's Danielle's car. And the kids had a blast. But he would not have done that. I've never seen him do it before. He would not have done it if it hadn't been for the model. This was, a wow, six years ago um, when we'd, we have a thing here in the woodlands that's called Hocus Pocus, and you wear Hocus Pocus concert, and it's at Halloween. So the kids wear their Halloween costume. They show up and sit. These are the lawn chairs, and he would have gone with his dad. And uh, um, hanging out, just... So the point here of all these, I forgot to mention it in the previous slides there, but it's just hanging out. It's it's not so much that I said, all right, y'all, for the next hour, you need to go wash your car. Or I said, okay, you guys have to go do this or you have to go get your Halloween costume. It's just, do you want to? Just tag along, go. It's fun. Sitting, waiting, getting uh, popcorn drinks, getting in the sudsy water to wash the car. Just whatever it is to hang out. Um, not specific interventions. These are just social, spontaneous things of the moment. Uh, that's how John learns social skills. And we'll see some more here about bikes and some other activities that he's been doing, a variety of, of ages over the years. Um, he, it, when he, uh, it, instead of going off on electronics, it would be a redirect and hopefully not a very hard one, <laughs> uh, quickly adapted to one, to just go out and do something fun in the world where there's other people, other kids, um, other people that, uh, you know, make, get him outside of his own head, not toward electronics, all right? Um, so we're doing that with our kids right now with all this online learning and oh my gosh, John just will stem into YouTube bowling videos like crazy. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about just hanging with friends, doing stuff. Okay, here's another one of the cars, um, washing. Uh, now he's yelling back at me on, on his way out to take, uh, to take a break and he's like, I got it, mom. I got my phone. I'm teaching him to respond back instead of just keeping his response in his head. If any of you guys have kids with language delays and lack of expressive language, 
they'll respond, but we just never hear it, right? And so it's like, no, John, you got to answer back. You got to say your sentences. You got to say them so I can understand them. And I will, I will guide him through going back to somebody into their, you know, so they're into their face. I say, talk to their face. And it's got to sound like a song. So we're practicing those neural pathways of social interaction. What's the next appropriate thing to say? Try this. No, try that. So we're, we're modeling and practicing all the time. But in this case here, he's off with the dog, off just to walk in the neighborhood, and he's responding to somebody. It could be that he got a text from a friend, or he's responding to, oh, I know it's the time. Um, I'm, hanging, I'm hanging with the dog here, Mom. Don't worry, we're fine. Okay, so here's a, it's, uh, something that happened at the school year about a year and a half ago. Um, lunch with the principal. I'm not sure how John won it. Um, maybe dad bought it for him. I really don't know. He had so many kids he could invite and uh, it was a great lunch. We could have invited, I mean, so many more. This is four of his best buddies and there were others that was really hard to, to limit the crowd. And uh, it was a good time. They all ordered pizza, as you can see here, and, and just kind of hung out with the principal. Now, in this case, there was an adult in the room. Um, but with no particular structure. They're just figuring out, and then somebody mugged for the camera, right? And it was not me. I, I don't go into his school. I don't mess in his world there. He has to figure that out for himself with the kids, with the peers. But somebody was in there to take that picture and get me that picture. Here's a case of, or an opportunity here to, and we've been really building on this this last um, month or two with the COVID-19 stuff going on. Viking. And it started off with one of our little friends down around the corner wanted saw John out all the time, and her mom said, "Would would would John and, and this girl like to bike together?" And of course, yes. And then now it's just kind of grown organically, and the kids are putting out notices, and I'm posting, and we're getting more and more group in the group. I'll show you some pictures as we go on here. So. But John's in charge of making this happen. Someone said tonight that he's the glue that holds it together, which is really pretty funny. Um, I got some feedback on how he acts at other people's houses. They said they've never heard him talk so much. Uh, John actually called his brother Saxton on his phone at someone else's house to talk about Animal Crossing because they got the new game on the Nintendo Switch. And Saxton, his older brother, had bought a mini or a, a Switch Lite to be able to play that particular game as just a reprieve from the, the college issues of self-isolation and not really getting to graduate, but graduating. No emotional closure on all of that. And so I just got feedback that he was on great behavior, nothing um, inappropriate. <laughs> and then he comes home with me and he squawks and monkey shines and, you know, it's just like, really, John? Well, at least you're on great behavior when you're elsewhere. And uh, the person who was telling me said, well, maybe he's just been holding it in all day. <laughs> and I'm sure that's true. But if you do get feedback and ask around, get a few spies, right? I use spies for John constantly because I just don't get expressive sentences out of him. You may be really pleased to find out that your kid is just golden when they're not with you. Okay, here's a kitten moving on now to the watermelon getting rinsed off in the colander. Here's a good family friend, and the kiddos, we're working on what a colander is and rinsing off the stuff. That wasn't that long ago when that watermelon, well, watermelon was on the concrete. And I said, hey, five-second rule, let's pick it up really fast, and let's go rinse it off. So here they are modeling, just kind of hanging out. John decided to just hang in there with them and um, just work together. 
So they didn't have to, but they wanted to fix the watermelon. The next one is an adult friend of ours, and he's just so good with John. And he said, come on, let's go for a bike ride. Now, why this is particularly poignant, particularly sweet, is that John uh, lost his dad to cancer um, in January. So that's just, and this is May, so not that many months ago. And oh my gosh, he was a daddy's boy. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't quite cut it as mom, but here, he, and he doesn't have enough male influence in his life, but particularly now that he's not at school. So he doesn't have any of the coaches or the male teachers or the big kids down the hallway. So he really light, brightens up when a, a male presence come in, comes into the room, you know, the whole Viking thing. And they just talk differently than we moms talk. John really eats it up. So here they are. Off he goes. No shirt, no, no shoes, no socks. Well, usually he'll wear socks, no shoes. But at least thank God he's barefoot here. And off they go. And I have no idea where. And it's not so much that he was accompanied by an adult, but it was more the spontaneity of going with an adult just for funsies. Okay, and here's, here's just one of the... This is what started the whole bike. I don't want to call it a pack. Somebody called it a posse. They said, oh yeah, we saw the posse go through town, or go through the neighborhood. So, but I don't want to make it sound like one of the negative. It's just a bunch of kids, right? And they started off with one, then two, then four, five, six, up to 11. Today was five, six. And it's just kind of day by day. But the point of it is, is that there's no adult organizing it. And it's no big deal if neurotypical kids organize it, right? Like that happens all day long. But because John's in the center of it and he provokes and gets to set things up and he's practicing his own text messages and sometimes he asks me for help and we've had our fair share of drama working through it, trying to help the kids with every possible teachable moment that we could. A multiple uh, groupings of ages and kids with really no, you know, never we never know who's going to be biking with who. We don't know whether it's going to be a setup gig or somebody's just going to go to your house and pick you up. <laughs> and I've yet to say no, he can't. I have yet to say I'm sorry, he's not done with his homework. It's more like, yeah, go, buddy. Just we're going to work on it when you get back. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we won't, but go. Okay, so here's uh, um, one of the kids that uh, he, and this is there in the neighborhood. So some more biking, off they go. And sometimes John just hangs out with himself. And these are the moments when he says, you know, I just need to be alone. And he's practicing telling um, the kids there that are with us um, that he needs to go on his own. And he doesn't say these words, but I whisper to them, yeah, sometimes he just has to work with his own inner demons. He just needs to clear out his... Uh, what, cobwebs of the heart or his frustrations deal with what? And I know he's grieving his dad. And I know he's frustrated with all the sitting down worksheets. That's not his gig. And he loves to get out. And it's been beautiful weather. So the fact that he's just off on his own, but self-regulating, hanging out with his own, at peace with his own skin, hanging out just with himself is a good thing. We all have to learn how to just be alone and not be shamed that we are by ourselves. If we can be flexible, right? And go from group of nobody except us to a group of many to another group of many to really hang like an extrovert. If he can learn how to just be at peace with wherever he goes, whoever he socializes with, be it strangers in a constant string or a little posse that he's got that he knows and people are watching out for him. Whatever that takes, whatever that random occurring situation of life. 
he's getting ever more flexible and comfortable with that. And that's because he just gets lots and lots of practice, lots and lots of exposure. So keep doing that. Okay, now we're on to the green shirt that says band. And he's, he's telling me something about the text messages. So this is Mr. Cruise Director here. Mom's not doing Cruise Director anymore. I did years ago, but now I'm not because we're not driving and we're walking. And like today, the kids walked in the rain because it was just too slick. Or they're biking or they're getting together to go to somebody's house back and forth. But I'm not in charge of his social life anymore. He's using his phone to do that, to figure that out. Or just to go spontaneity uh, and pick somebody up. That's okay, too. That's totally fine. Now, this picture of the little tiny kid, so long time ago, here's John learning social niceties. Now, yes, I did tell him he had to share with that little girl at, um, it must have been a, a soccer game indoors or a basketball game, whatever sport Saxton was doing at the time. And we were spectating. Volleyball. That's a volleyball game back in the early, early days. Okay. So John might just have been two or three, you know, early in the diagnosis. And so he's got a, whatever his device was way back then. And she didn't have one. She's a neurotypical child, a bright and brilliant. I haven't seen her for a long time, but uh, John was like, okay, here, take it. And then this is, again, from earlier years, some friends of ours, and these boys were very custodial, very kind to John. Um, and that's John in the blue. And we would go, uh, we've kind of drifted apart as the years have, have come, but um, there was a time when those kids would be willing to drop down a few years and, and hang with John. And John would just go with them happily, just like, oh, great, I got big brothers. I really love that. Okay, this is not that long ago, the one working on the robotics with the two boys. Uh, John's in the blue shirt, in the blue coat, the insulated coat there. And this was a robotics night. And he's just uh, learning. He's stretching here from a scientific, from a gen ed, from a curricular least restrictive. He's stretching here to, you know, work with the Legos, to be with the other kids. To how do I operate this? Do I just go off in a corner and stem? Or do I need to be brave and ask questions? What's going on? If you look at his fingers, the one down underneath him, you can see his fingers are kind of twisted up. That's always an indication that uh, <laughs> he's stretching, you know, not the one on top of, of the little device there, the vehicle, but the one down underneath. Anytime I see those fingers all twisted up like a pretzel, that tells me something. So here, Mr. Social Life is back on his phone, you know, talking to somebody. He's got Messenger for Kids. He's got WhatsApp where he talks to Ben, our foreign exchange student, who had to go back to Thailand, uh, Vietnam, uh, sooner than we wanted because of COVID-19. He might be uh, um, talking to his brother in college or any number of kids, uh, maybe setting up a social ice, uh, social outing, not sure. Anyway, I'm just, I just snuck a couple pictures there of him talking and figuring out the text and being responsive for... Um, making his social life. So we also had some girls that sometimes are staying with us. And here they are doing more girl things than anything, but they're, they're playing Wii together, sports Wii. John's sitting about as far away from them as he can get, but at least, hey, he's on the couch. That counts. And it's easy for them to play together because of just, you know, being girls and being, you know, silly and, and uh, um but, but John's hanging in there, so that's, that's great. He's got his phone on his lap. You see that? That's cheating. I really only let him have one electronic device at a time, but he's upstairs when they're 
And so I'm not, I, I took the picture, but I guess I wasn't being, you know, too bossy. <laughs> but I do remind him, I said, listen, buddy, you want to have, uh, you want to get as much testosterone as you can because you want your braces. And if you put that, uh, all, any of those devices on your privates, you're not going to get testosterone. And then he remembers and he tries to put it on a table or a pillow underneath it or something. Um, we got this from one of our biomedical doctors that you put those electronics near your crotch and just not going to get your, you're not going to get your puberty that you want. And for us, it means a, a, a better uh, inflammatory resistance, very a better anti-inflammatory reaction to once he gets the braces on. So he needs more hair. He needs a deeper voice. He needs more tea in his life. We're not giving it to him other than what his body makes. Uh, that's part of the developmental delay. He's also got a really low mitochondrial balance in his life. So in his body, if you saw his legs, he's tall. He's growing tall. So he is making human growth hormone. From a mitochondrial muscle tone standpoint, though, tall and thin. And that's not bad. It just means that he's growing tall, which is good. So we know we got human growth hormone. Uh, but he's lacking in T, that's for sure. So anytime I see him with a device on his crotch, I said, hey, dude, I thought you wanted braces. So, But he's, he's not supposed to have more than one electronic uh, distraction at a time. So if they're playing sports we he's not supposed to have that phone there. Here we are hanging with our, our Saxton, who's at college. So we will, in this case, I, I don't know if this is Messenger for Kids or WhatsApp, which application he's using. Um, oh, and also the t-shirts. I just wanted to point out that he's now in charge of dressing himself completely. All of his clothes are upstairs in his room. Uh, he's working on his own laundry. That's not my job anymore. He, so he dresses himself. And um, he's always picking shirts of identity uh, that relates to school or, or extracurriculars. Uh, band. Um, or let them drum, um, band camp, uh, school t-shirts. I never see him wearing any of the other, not Marvel, superheroes, not any of that stuff. It's anytime he's choosing, it's a school shirt. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to cry? <laughs> That's what he thinks of. That's how he self-identifies. Uh -huh. So anyway, here we are. And what we'll do with, uh, with all the self-isolation is we'll call Saxton and Saxton will just work on his stuff wherever he is, and, and we carry the phone from room to room. I know many, many, many groups and families are doing that. Um, and uh, so it's, we just, you know, burn up the digital bandwidth, and that's one thing that he's doing there. Just keep it in touch with our family, our, our brother. We sure miss him. Okay, so um, this is the last slide uh, uh, for this uh, 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 podcast here. There was a time when John would be so sensory averse, he would not even get into a jumpy castle. And then what you see here now, so back in March, so four years ago, he was, he was willing to start the predator stuff. So a volleyball predator here. So we got a lot of these jumpy castle places now, trampoline parks, they call them. And then they have uh, roped off rooms and you can go in and play basketball or dodgeball or jump and um, jousting, all kinds of games. I'm sure you've been in them. In this particular one, it's dodgeball, and it's a great big court, and he's got the ball, and, and he's, you've seen him do it with some of the karate stuff, but here he is, a dodgeball predator, and I, you never would have thought it back in the early years. So keep in there with your kids in their stretching and their intervention and their midline crossover, executive functioning, motor planning, 
um, loudness, um, a vestibular bouncing around kind of stuff, proprioceptive, muscle tone to grab the ball and to be able to throw the ball, to be able to keep your balance on that lunar landing, right? Your trampoline, you're running around, and then you have that edge padding, so that's sloped. And you're, you're actually got bilateral going on too because you're trying to move around, not fall, keep your balance, pick up the ball, keep an eye on everybody else, and make sure you move your body for incoming. Because if incoming whacks you, then you're out, you're dead, and then you're out of the game. So anyway, these are a lot of examples. I'm sure you have a hundred from your life. It's the mindset, it's the interest, it's the want to. So as you watch your kid, we cannot make them want to hang out. When we force it, it comes off as contrived. And that's why I'm not a I'm not a fan of contrived or forced social uh, social skills things. We go out into the world and he makes it. He he's he's not just going to be in there with some adult telling him what to do. It's we just don't do that. Nothing against people who do spend their money that way, but that's just not what what I want for him. I want him to learn how to be proactive and cause it to happen. So the main thing is getting him out into this the world, making the situation possible. He has to step into the arena and we'll get up to the edge of the arena. I might force him and some in the early years there was lots of squawking about it and I've learned to stand on the edge with him metaphorically, physically, soulishly, enthusiasm every way possible. Stand on the edge of the arena and look down at him and say, hey, that looks like fun. Would you like to try that? And then I shut up. And I see what he wants to do. I told you about the paintball. He, he wanted to get the paintball. It took him like an hour and a half to decide he was going to put on that nasty old paintball hot mask and put, get on the, go in and do it. And he got funked uh, maybe a couple of times. And then he was out of there. Fastest paintball play in the world. But he chose to finally step into it. And I think that's what we do for our kids. We make them feel safe. We, we remind them that, hey, it's... It, we just try, and if we don't do it this time, we'll try again next time. I cannot make him want to, but I can, I can get him close to the edge. So get your kid on the rim of the action, and then let them feel trusted and safe and secure and trusting in you that no one's going to mock them or make fun of them or, or there's no negative consequences. Do you want to? Looks like fun. And then shut up and see what they decide. But you see, you've got to get out into the world. You've got to give your kid the chance. And there is risk, right? Somebody could say, oh, well, my kid's going to break their leg. We're not going to go to that trampoline park. And we have gone to so many, and he was scared and shy, and I couldn't. he wouldn't get into the action. He just was around the edge the whole time. But maybe once or two or three activities of that hour, hour and a half, he would, like a birthday party kind of a thing or a school party, he would enter into it. And each time he would enter into it, even a few inches, he became braver. And so I would remind him so many times, it's okay to be scared and brave at the same time. It's okay to be scared. You just get to be brave too. So just try. Are you ready to try? It looks like fun. Do you want to try this? So offer that to your kids. And let them know it's okay, whichever way they go. Unconditionally, you would love them either way. Whatever they decide to do is fine, but it sure does look like fun. Okay, peace be with you. Talk soon.